Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day. Good morning. Welcome to Friday. I'm Erin Allen, and this is The Rundown. In case you haven't heard, yesterday, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that it's unconstitutional to consider race in admissions at Harvard University and the University of North Carolina. Now, the more selective colleges in the U.S. will have to rethink what they can do going forward to maintain a racially diverse student population or to increase diversity. My colleague Lisa Phillips spoke to a few professors at one of those selective colleges right in our backyard. Paul Gowder is a professor there, and he told reporters yesterday that the ruling might leave room for courts to accept different arguments for affirmative action. I've long thought that a much better argument for affirmative action, at least in public schools, is that the state has an obligation to remedy the effects of its own racially disparate behavior that led to people applying to colleges from unequal positions. The decision hamstrings selective universities that have, up until this point, used the tool to diversify their campuses. And all of this is causing leaders in higher ed to reflect on the impact of affirmative action, as well as its limitations. Right now, at Northwestern, only 6% of students are Black, for instance. Lisa also spoke to Alvin Tillery, who's a political science professor at Northwestern. He told reporters yesterday that affirmative action, specifically at selective colleges, has likely benefited less than half a percent of all Black Americans. Is that meaningful? Of course it is, right? Is, is, has that helped diversify the elite of America? Yes. But like there are other measures for promoting like racial equity and integration beyond affirmative action. Some reformers say the way forward is to better fund more accessible universities that already educate most of the country's black and brown college students. Others say universities could use socioeconomic markers as a less adequate but helpful proxy for race. My colleague Mawa Iqbal is reporting on the reactions from some Illinois officials to the Supreme Court decision. Democratic U.S. Senator Tammy Duckworth issued a statement saying affirmative action has helped reduce systemic barriers against students of color. She said, quote, colorblindness has never been a true friend of fairness. Governor J.B. Pritzker said the decision was archaic and Illinois would continue to uplift students of color. Lieutenant Governor Juliana Stratton says the court's action is, quote, nothing short of an attempt to resegregate higher education. But Republican Congressman Darren LaHood praised the ruling. He said it acknowledges how far the country has come in promoting diversity. And GOP Congressman Mike Bost said the overturning was long overdue and that students should be rewarded based on merit, not quotas. With all this smoke in the air coming from Canada, we've got air quality on the brain in the Midwest. And local experts are wondering how exhaust from the NASCAR race might add to the problem, especially when coupled with celebrating the upcoming holiday. Anastasia Montgomery is a Ph.D. candidate at Northwestern who studies air quality. We're not totally sure what's going to happen with this NASCAR event. And then to cap off, we've got a Fourth of July, which we certainly know will cause a spike in pollution. Montgomery says there won't be any immediate answers about how NASCAR impacted the local air, but she hopes to use modeling to explore the question. 
And if you're outside with family this weekend, Montgomery recommends paying close attention to children and elderly people who are the most vulnerable to air pollution. Speaking of air quality, you might be wondering who exactly is behind local air quality alerts. Well, my colleague Indy Kara looked into it, and actually there's more than one agency that has what's called the statutory responsibility for sending out alerts. The Illinois Environmental Protection Agency has been the one issuing them over the last few weeks, and they forecast daily air quality across the state. After they do that, the National Weather Service shares the alerts, and that's how they end up on weather apps. Chicagoland has a threshold for when an air pollution action day is called, which is when air quality is unhealthy for sensitive groups for two or more consecutive days. But there's no national standard. A representative with the IEPA says that's up to the states or regions. Right now, IEPA and the Illinois Department of Public Health are working on guidelines for sharing air quality alerts. And as for the haze today, airnow.gov says the smoke is still lingering and air quality will remain unhealthy for sensitive groups. And a few quick hits before we get to the rest of the weather. Evictions have increased a lot in the Chicago area. Last month, the Cook County Sheriff's Office evicted more than 800 tenants from their homes. That's the county's highest number in a single month in the last four years. The pandemic-era eviction moratoriums are over, but at some points, evictions have surpassed pre-pandemic levels. We did a deep analysis of this. You can see more at WBEZ.org. The Sun-Times is reporting on the search for a new Chicago police superintendent. There were 53 applicants for the job, and that list has been whittled down to six candidates, including five department veterans and one outsider who in the past worked for the Civilian Office of Police Accountability. And back to the weather. Cloudy today with a high in the upper 80s. There might be rain and thunderstorms in the evening, and there's a chance of rain on both Saturday and Sunday with high temperatures in the mid-70s this weekend. And that's it for now. Coming up later, today is the last day of Pride Month. So we're going to get into some spaces queer folks find community all year round. Former reader reporter Adam Rhodes is going to be here talking about some LGBTQ plus spaces outside of North Halstead. Plus a little bit of history on the city's biggest queer neighborhood as well. That's today at 2 o'clock. I'm Erin Allen. I'll talk to you then.